Well, the stars were on full display on Saturday against Arizona State. Dan Lanning and Bo Nix. Man, these guys are good. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel and my improved health as well. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a five. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Just a $5 money line bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. I promise all of you I wanted to do a reaction show on Saturday night. I was in a really good mood because Southern Utah got a big win. But yeah, that just, that just unfortunately could not happen. But we're doing better. Um Hopefully everything sounds all right. Okay, the, this this win against or, against Arizona State. My big takeaway here is I think this reflects really well on Dan Lanning. So we as Oregon fans, we have what you could call desert demons. A lot of trips down to the desert late in the year, most recently 2019, haven't gone very well. There was the Arizona game with Dennis Dixon. There was 2019. There there, there have been other instances. There was 2013 even when. The Ducks laid an egg with Mariota back there. It just hasn't been a place where Oregon's been able to go to win. I think Lanning's got a little bit of that ignorance is bliss sort of deal because we all know that, but he's new here. You know, the only thing he knows, coaching Oregon football and having them play to a standard week after week after week. Oregon's just playing at a high level every week. And I think that's a sign of a great coach, a team that is not perfect. I'll get to that later in the show. Because there is no perfect football team out there. It just, it's simply like the limit in uh, Mean Girls. It does not exist. The limit does not exist. The perfect football team does not exist. Perfect records can exist. Perfect teams do not exist. And I think Dan Lanning, just time and again, he's unbeaten against unranked opponents. What he is able to do every week, motivating his team, pushing the right buttons, having them ready, having a good game plan, knowing how to execute, making in game adjustments. He's he's just showing week in and week out that he's 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 our guy. That that that's a guy that we want to stick around for a long time. Since that since the loss to Washington, which if if Oregon beats the Beavs this week, it'll be a rematch against the Huskies in Las Vegas, where I will be one way or the other, by the way. Would love to see a lot of you there. But anyway, one game at a time, because we cannot overlook Oregon State, as we learned last year. Since that Washington game up in Seattle on October 14th. There, there have not been any close calls or anything even resembling that. There was a bad quarter of football against Washington State. There was a rain-fueled amount of sloppiness for a quarter against Cal. Guess what? Neither of those games were actually ever in doubt. Yeah, Oregon was trailing 10-3 to against Washington State. Ended up winning 38-24. And Oregon was up by 20 with 90 seconds to go in the game. 22 to 20. Yeah, 22 to be exact. And, and and I think what I'm loving about this Oregon team is every week they come out on both sides of the ball. I know Dan Lanning's a defensive guy and the defense 
is so much better than it was last year, which gives me just tons of hope for the future with the way that Lanning and the staff are, are recruiting every single week. But offensively and defensively, I see good game plans. I see good play calling. I see good execution. Yeah, the penalties can be cleaned up. Penalty yards were better in this game. They're only 45 yards. But go look at every game Oregon has played this year. Washington's a really good team. Played them in a tough environment on the road. Oregon played a good football game. They just didn't execute on a couple of plays. Like the biggest dud of a performance, frankly, was week two on the road against Texas Tech. I think if Oregon played Texas Tech right now, they'd beat him by double digits and should have won that game by double digits. And guess what? Still won the game and covered. Good teams win. Great teams cover, as we all know. But kidding aside, that's what I like about Dan Landing right now. And what I loved about this performance against Arizona State, that's an inferior opponent. Tell me, when was the last time Oregon played down to the level of a team that had no business being on the field with them? I, I, I can't think of it either. Dan Lanning has never lost to an unranked team, and this is second season at the helm for the Ducks. And the only semi-example is last year against Washington State. That game was on the road, by the way, against a Washington State team that went 7-5. and five. That, that was a solid, not great, that was a solid football team that Oregon should have been able to beat by more than they did. But guess what? Still found a way to win the football game, which is, again, what great teams are able to do. So I just love what I'm seeing from Landing every week. I love what I'm seeing from this coaching staff and the team every single week. They, they look the same. They push the ball down the field. They're clever offensively. I'm going to talk about Will Stein later in the show. A lot of good things to say about the Ducks Broyles Award nominee given to the top assistant coach or coordinator in all of college football. They they look fast and prepared defensively. They make plays. They fly around. They are good situationally, and they were on Saturday against a limited Arizona State team. You know what it should look like when you're going up against a team? Hold for a moment. Going up against a team that is rotating in a halfback and a tight end at the quarterback position to try and be clever and creative. It should look like that. 40 to two, 42 to nothing at the half. That's not an incompetent Arizona state defense. It is not. Yeah. Utah put up a bunch of points on him. Washington only managed 15 at home. It, it, it is an Arizona state team that is not good. hundred percent. You know how it should look. If you're a team that can make the college football playoff, it should look like that where the game was never in doubt. You get the ball first, fine. Go down, score a touchdown. Third downs, we'll convert. Run the ball, sure. Have to run the ball? Nah, not really. Bo Nix can go for over 400 yards. Troy Franklin set the single season Oregon receiving record with more games to go in the season. That guy is, man, he's good. Really, really good. Tez Johnson is good. Patrick Herbert is good. Like the way, I, I don't feel offensively, and this is the mark of a great team and a great coaching staff. I don't feel like there is any untapped potential, a phrase that we are familiar with. Justin Herbert is still experiencing. I don't know why he can't find a coach to maximize his potential. Goodness gracious. And every great quarterback needs a great coach. But, man, Brandon Staley stinks. He stunk again on Sunday uh, in, in Lambeau. But we all agree. He got better coaching once he got to the NFL offensively than he had with Mario Cristobal and Marcus Arroyo. Unlocked his potential. Had a great coach. I feel like our offensive staff and defensive staff is getting the most out of everybody. Like they are put in positions to succeed. 
that they play well every week because they are well coached, they are disciplined, they understand what the purpose of the coaching is, and they just go out there and play at a high level, and they play like big-time players. Tez Johnson, by the way, wasn't at a Power 5 school. He was at Troy. He was at Troy. I don't know that he had a bevy of Power 5 offers when he went into the transfer portal coming from Troy. But guess what? Could he be playing any better? Could Troy Franklin be playing any better? Could the tight ends? Could we be getting more out of that? I, I don't see how. By the way, horrible. I don't know how T-Ferg is called for that offensive pass interference, but Roma Dunze is not in the Oregon State game. But, I mean, that's, you know, pectoral officiating at its finest. So one thing I won't miss about the conference. Anyway, I just like where Dan Lanning has got this coaching staff and this team out right now. And that does indeed start with Bo Nix, who is the betting favorite to win the Heisman. Why? Because this guy is really, 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 really good. College students, listen up. There's this incredible app called listening.com. Much like you're listening to the show, it's listening to you. Or maybe you're like me and you're a big fan of Frasier, both the original and the reboot, and Cheers, of course. His iconic trademark phrase was, I'm listening. Well, listening.com can take any academic paper, PDF, or class material and turn it into an audiobook. It can read math equations, technical words, and complicated documents. It knows how to skip all the citations, footnotes, and references, and lets you jump straight to the chapter or section you want to listen to. It even has a one-click note-taking button. One click, not two clicks, one click. It automatically puts the last 10 seconds onto a notepad, so you don't have to type the notes while you listen. Best of all, if you use the link listening.com slash locked on, you'll be able to get your first three weeks for free. So go ahead and give it a try. Now, normally, you can get two weeks free, but if you go to listening.com slash locked on, you get three weeks free. Now, I am not a math major by any means, but I think that's 50% more weeks free. If you go to listening.com slash locked on, go check out listening.com today. All right, as I continue to battle through the podcast here, again, I assure you, I wanted to do a show on Saturday night. Could not do it. Would not have been able to talk that long consecutively. It was rough, but it's better now. So appreciate all of you being patient and understanding with that and appreciate you supporting the show. If you want to be a Locked on Ducks insider, by the way, you can go join the Locked on Ducks subtext community where you get breaking news and my instant reactions to everything happening in Oregon and basically anything else. You can talk with me one-on-one and you get priority mailbag access. All those provided to people that are over at subtext. It's a free 14-day trial. Then it's $5 a month. Absolutely, positively not a requirement though. I wouldn't do that to you. This show's free and available wherever you're listening to or watching it right now. I appreciate everybody out there. But if you want to go another level and become that Locked On Ducks insider, you can do so if you click the link in the description below to join the Locked On Ducks subtext community. Let's talk about Bonex. I really like Bonex. I really like Bonex because Bonex is really good at football. So Bonex on Saturday. For those who didn't see the box score, had five incompletions, which is a great day. He had six touchdowns, should have been seven. This guy just threw for over 400 yards for the second consecutive game. This time on the road, he's the betting favorite to win the Heisman, and he absolutely should be. 
you know, the, the great mesh for this offense right now is that Bo is a bona fide Heisman candidate, as he should be, 100%. But do I feel that if Bo Nix isn't perfect all the time, the offense is stagnant? Not at all. I also feel that when Bo Nix is hot, we can just ride Bo. That's what's happened the last couple of weeks. Oregon hasn't put up big rushing numbers. They've been under 200 yards the last few games on the ground. That's under their season average. But guess what? The offense remains productive because Bo Nix's ability to dissect the defense and understand where the football needs to go and then deliver on time, on target throws is absolutely awesome. It, it, it is absolutely awesome. He is playing at such a high level. And what I've been beating the drum about since the early portion of the season is he's just the same guy. He's the same guy every quarter. There are no ebbs and flows. And it's not always going to be like this. It isn't always like this. It's too, Quarterbacking is too hard for everyone to be able to do it at the level that Bo is playing at right now. But he leads the country in completion percentage. If he continues along this path, he's going to set, I think, the FBS completion percentage record. It is crazy how well he is playing. He's up to, I think, 35 touchdowns and only two interceptions, one of which was because of the rain. Went right off Tez Johnson's hands because it was pouring in Eugene, but it never rains at Autzen Stadium, as we know. So I just love watching this guy play. And, and, and every, every single week, every single quarter, he's so prepared. He's so locked in. And Will Stein, who I'm going to talk about to close today's show, is th- th- those two are a great fit. Those two are an absolutely fantastic fit together. And I think that the way that they have developed chemistry throughout the course of the year is on display every single week. Every single week. I just look at what this offense is, and it is a John Williams conducted symphony. Will Stein is the orchestrator. Now, the lead violinist is Bo Nix, but you have a wonderful brass section. That'd be the offensive line. You have supplemental string instruments, people. Musicians is the word that I was looking for. Apologies, my brain is mush. That's the array of weapons that Bo has. Bo's the leader of the group, but you have a couple other violinists. You have a cellist. You have a bass player. Everyone is doing their part because every week, yeah, Troy Franklin is there at the top of the box score leading the team or close to doing so in receiving yards all the time. But you look up this week and you go, wait, Gary Bryant Jr. had a long touchdown? Well, Treshawn Holden got into the mix? Tez Johnson has had double-digit reception and multi-touchdown efforts throughout the course of this year? That's the way things should look. When the offense is operating at peak efficiency and effectiveness, and like I was saying earlier, they just do this week in and week out. And that's what I love most, the consistency. You can tell the preparation is there, the attention to detail, the game planning, the passion, the drive. Everything you need to be great is right there right now. I really hope the next two weeks go the way we want to as fans because this team is really, really good. I mean really, really good on both sides of the ball. The defense was great. Did a lot of things well. I'll get to my individual standouts as always on tomorrow's show. Spoiler alert, Cole Martin's going to be in there. But I just love the way this offense operates every single week. 
they are taking what the defense gives them and also willing to push the ball down the field, willing to be multiple in the way that they attack a defense. They're smart, clever, dynamic, explosive. They've got all the traits. So for all those reasons and the numbers that Bo is continuing to put up, he's the betting favorite to win the Heisman. Oregon has to get to the playoff for him to win it. But if that happens, I think it'll get done. I, I, I think Bo I think Bo Nix wins the Heisman Trophy if Oregon wins their next two football games, neither of which are going to be easy. But I think that absolutely happens. Jaden Daniels putting up crazy numbers. Michael Penix is really good. But if Oregon wins against Oregon State on Friday and then against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, they'll have avenged their one loss. And if Bo's playing well, I think he'll get the Heisman, even though Jaden Daniels is putting up crazy numbers this year. I mean, they played Georgia State last week. Man, that's a good team. Okay, anyway, let's talk about what's not ideal for a moment because here's a stat that should make you cringe as an Oregon fan because guess what? There are two good teams lying between Oregon and the college football playoff. And I've talked about the balance of this team, the consistency of this team, and everything they've got. They have the tools to make the college football playoff. And yes, compete for a national championship. I believe that. What's not at a championship level is the kicking game. This Oregon kicking game has missed a field goal in six of the last seven games. And this past week is why I am referring to it as the kicking game and not just Camden Lewis, because there was a bad snap in which the kick never even got away. Right now, if you told me the one thing I don't trust Oregon to do, it's make a field goal of anything outside of 30 yards. I have got no confidence in that unit, and I'm really glad that Oregon's got a great offense and that Oregon has a great defense. Because if they didn't, then that would be concerning because it increases the likelihood that you can't just beat a team and it could actually come down to a field goal situation. I do not like Oregon's kicking game right now. By the way, I like the punting game. I think the kickoff returns are okay. Gary Bryant Jr. is fine. I don't think he's, you know, a guy who's going to take it to the house, but maybe if he gets free like he did on the long touchdown, maybe. But, I, you know, it's not a big threat back there. Punting's been good. Punt coverage's been good. Kickoff coverage's been good. Returns have been fine. Kicking field goals, that's a problem. At least they're not missing extra points. But if you told me right now, either Oregon State or Washington comes down to a field goal that the Ducks have to make to win or to extend the game, I'm telling you my confidence is so low. And I would love for that confidence to be reversed. It's just a mess. That is the one thing that is an abject mess right now. Six of seven games, Oregon's missed a field goal. That's bad. That's that's pretty bad. So that's the one thing, but that's quite literally the only thing. Dan Lanning made a hire this offseason, and his name is Will Stein, and he's up for the Broyles Award, which is given to the best coordinator in the country. He has a really good chance to win it. You have a good chance of winning if you know what you're talking about and doing if you go to FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, 
and more. FanDuel's got the Oregon-Oregon state line in the game formerly, but now kind of renewed as known as the Civil War. Like national media people refer to it that again. I don't know. That's what I'm always going to call it because that's what it is. But that line is at 11 and a half in favor of the Ducks. That's a large number. But if you feel confident about Oregon's ability to win by more than 11 and a half, by all means, go check out FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season and get your college football gambling fix as well. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So Will Stein is a stud. (laughs) I mean, this guy, this guy was really good. So one of you asked me a question about whether I think Will Stein is better than Kenny Dillingham. The answer is yes. Now, I think Kenny Dillingham was quite good as Oregon's offensive coordinator. The numbers reflect that. He was not perfect. His red zone play calling was not always the best. But holistically, he's very good. I think Will Stein is better. Will Stein is keeping Bo Nix upright by not putting him in precarious running situations. And he doesn't have to use Bo Nix's legs. Might be saving it for a big game like the college football playoff, perhaps. Maybe that's when we see some of that stuff unleashed. I wouldn't be surprised. We've seen it before, right? Herbert in 2019 didn't run all year. Pac-12 championship game comes around. Eh? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And suddenly Herbert was running. And then he ran in the Rose Bowl too. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He's a great athlete. So Will Stein's passing game execution and design is really good. The way Oregon runs the ball. How about that formation where Poncho comes in motion to lead block for Bucky Irving? Loved that. He's borrowing that from other people. That's a common thing in the coaching in the football world. You see what someone else does, you go, huh, that works. We could do that. Let's do that. I think Will Stein is better than Dillingham. I think he's more clever in the passing game. I think he's got some really nifty play designs. And, you know, he does go back to some of the same concepts as every offensive coordinator does. But I always feel like more so than Dillingham, he's got new wrinkles every week for the offense, different looks out of a variety of formations, new formations or concepts like the poncho play, for instance. Uh, We'll call that the poncho punch, you know, metaphorical, of course, because punching is a uh, 15-yard penalty. But like the poncho punch, the tight end screens that have been used the last couple of weeks. Didn't see that in the early portion of the season. He's always kind of tinkering and he's always introducing new stuff. And there are a lot of the same concepts and some of the same plays, but you know, it's very Chip Kelly-esque to me, the way that the offense, you know, is really good every single week, number one. But number two, just kind of looks a little bit different every week. So the defense can prepare for this and that concept, but we're going to bring out these things here that we're going to know how to execute. And you're not going to be ready for those because we haven't done that before. So I think Stein's been a little bit better. And one thing that I love about him, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is he doesn't get bored doing what works. This is a line I borrowed from Joel Klatt, who I think is outstanding. Klatt talks about on his podcast, which is a great listen, by the way, how good offensive coordinators and play callers don't get bored with something that works. Run something until the other team proves they can stop it. Perfect example. I'm calling the Southern Utah game. They're playing their rival Utah Tech, and they were running just a shotgun trips left, just a basic inside zone. They started the drive after a turnover at the Utah Tech, I think like 48-yard line. 
three, no, check that four rushing plays later, it was first and goal at the four yard line. They ran the same play. And they said, our offensive line's dominating. Let's just keep going. And it was 20 yards. It was 15 yards. It was eight yards. It was another eight yards. And then they ran it again. Utah Tech sold out. Loss of a yard. Okay. Now now we'll dial up something else. But good play callers are able to see, okay, this play or this concept is working. I'm not going to get away from it. I think you've seen over the years offensive coordinators do that sometimes where you look back, you go, wait a minute, why? Why did we stop doing that? That was working so well early in the game. You've seen this at USC this year. Lincoln Riley historically has liked running the football, but this year he's just pass happy. He he abandons the run really quickly, and he has all season long. Marshawn Lloyd's been a really good running back for them, and they just don't run the ball very much. Why? I don't know. (laughs) You'd have to ask Lincoln Riley about that. Because the numbers you look at and you go, wow, that's that's a really good ground attack. Yeah, well, they're not using it very much. I think with Will Stein, when Oregon's running the ball a lot, like against Colorado or Washington State, for instance, he'll say, okay, we're just going to line up, feed Bucky Irving, Jordan James, pound the rock, and go for 250 rushing yards. But if the ground game is you know running into a couple hiccups, that ASU front seven I thought played pretty well, made life somewhat challenging for the Ducks at times. He said, okay, well, they're not going to be able to get past us in the uh, pass blocking department. So we're just going to let Bo Nix drop back and, uh, and and take some shots, and we like our matchups there. Yeah, a lot of one-on-ones. Yeah, a lot of well-designed screen passes. I don't know if he'll win the Broyles Award. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He, he's coordinating the number one scoring offense in college football. It's pretty good. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.